You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we got our stopwatch going 15 minutes. Let's talk about something that this time of year, we get a lot more questions on than we do during the middle of the winter. And it's how can I work on my game while I'm still out there playing with the boys on the weekend or playing in tournaments on the weekend or during the week? Like how, how do you balance improving your golf swing while you're actually playing? It's a, it's a great question. No, it, it is a good question. And it's almost, you know, the, the time of year, like you said, where you're playing all the time, but obviously everybody's always is trying to get better at their game. And if you're playing three or four times a week and trying to make a major swing change, that, that can kind of go disastrous if you don't quite know how about to go about it correctly. I think um, the worst thing you can do, and, and let me know if you think the same, is let's say you've got three or four things you want to work on, trying to do them all at once, especially when you're trying to play during the week, let's say, you're trying to change four or five things in your swing and still try to play golf is disastrous. Just pick one thing to a time, knock that out, see how that affects the rest of them, then knock the next piece out, and then that way you can still go play not thinking about 100 things and trying to change your entire pattern around. Wait a minute. So in a one-second golf swing, I shouldn't have five seconds of swing thoughts. Yeah, and with, with water right, OB left. That's not a good idea. <laughs> that might not be good. You know, I, I always thought about having like, okay, I, I may have one setup key, but I, I could always play with like one backswing thought and one downswing thought. I just, and I got that from Jack Nicholas when I was a kid. Jack always said he had two swing thoughts, no problem. He said, I don't know how anybody could play without swing thoughts because then what, what are you, you're just kind of floundering. And, and you and I talked about it before the show. It's like, a lot of times you're better off having one one or two swing thoughts that you're working on because if not, you're worried about the outcome of the shot. Like, okay, I want to focus on the process, and part of that process is making a decent backswing, let's say, or keeping my right arm straight or whatever it is I'm trying to do. If I focus on that and let the shot take care of itself, to me that's that's a, that improves your mental game because you're not worried about the outcome. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's really good advice, and I'm certainly not going to argue with Jack on <laughs> how to play good the game. I've never done well with downswing thoughts. Backswing thoughts have always been easier for me to do playing wise. Uh, but I, I, again, I don't think it's possible. Or I certainly don't know of anyone who's played with no swing thoughts, you know, no. and, it, and it's kind of cliche to say, you know, you may hear an interview and the guys, well, I wasn't thinking about anything. I was in the zone, you know, those things. I, there, I guarantee you everyone standing over a shot has something in their mind they're trying to do. Yeah. Right? Whether it's just tempo or movement or something. It doesn't have to be, you know, 
I need my backswing to go here, and then I need my three-quarter backswing up here. And they're not thinking through each step of the swing, but they're thinking about a key for that day. And a lot of guys will literally write it in their yardage book and look at it yeah. before they pull a number. Right? This is my key. This is my key. This is my key. Over and over again. It, it serves a lot of purposes. It serves one purpose of keeps you focused on what you're doing. Then it keeps you from being sidetracked because you are focused on what you're doing. And if the keys are right key, it's also going to allow you to build on it for that round and the next round. And you can start to have keys, similar keys, if not the same key for multiple rounds, multiple months, multiple weeks, you know, and, and keep building on it. And it's a great way to go about playing the game. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I mean, I can think of a few over the years, you know, and I think there are probably some, and we we'll circle this back around to playing while you're making a swing change, but like, you know, maybe the most famous swing change of all, one of them of all time was probably Faldo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was like, when I was a kid, that was my favorite player just because he like revamped his entire swing while he was, and he took time off in there, but he was playing through it and he was playing bad for a while because, you know, he was trying to make these swing changes. And the one thing that he said that helped him, that's a great book, by the way, it's a Faldo swing for life. It's just coming from a really good player and the stuff he did making swing changes was phenomenal, but he would have two swing keys as well. I, I think he said something similar to Jack, but he would put them in almost like a, a rhythmic um, kind of little song. Like one of his things was set on the backswing and then shift on the downswing. So he would say set and shift. And that would give him like a rhythmic way to right. think about it in his head that would help us rhythm on the golf course. And I thought that was brilliant. I stole all that stuff out of his book because it was such some of the good, some of the best stuff in there about playing the game while you were making a swing changes in there. What's so good about that, that, that set? What'd you call it? Uh, he would, he, one of his things he liked, to, you know, Led always liked him to have an early set. Right, right. And so he would say set, set and, shift. and shift. Okay. The and, the and was a transition right. and he would shift over onto his front foot and cover the ball. And he had about 10 of those because just like, you know, you mentioned it, you may have a few different ones that work periodically. Like, you know, the swing key that I had yesterday might work for two or three days and then right. you might overcook it. <laughs> You right. might, and it might, and something else got off in your setup, so that key doesn't work anymore. It's an it's, it's an endless cycle. So I had a notebook full of ones that worked. I mean, I had, I still mm -hmm. have it. I, I mean, I had pages and pages of stuff that was like, okay, that clicks, that clicks, and then I would cycle through them when I was struggling, and I would almost always find something that worked. But I think the number one thing that helped me the most, no matter what I was working on, you know, let's say I was working on something on my backswing. I was a, I overswung when I was a kid, so I was always working on that. But if I would just think about, I don't know why this worked for me, but it is swinging through the ball instead of at the ball, I could always go out and play. I could yeah. at least go out and play. I think the, but, the connection with all these, and I'm going to throw you in the same company as Jack and Faldo, because you belong right sweet. there, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that you all had to do swing thoughts, right? They were all, I want to do X swing thought, not I don't want to do X. And I'll get this all the time in lessons is you'll see the guy and, and you know, you're, you're in the middle of a lesson and, or even when he's warming up before the lesson starts and you can see him kind of just over the ball for a little while. It's like, uh, Jim, what do you, what's going through your mind right now? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to the ball for a while. I'm, I'm trying not to, 
sucking in on the backswing or I'm trying to not come over the top. It's like as soon as you try not to do something in the golf swing, I think you're in big trouble. One, because you, your your brain just sees that image of you going over the top. doesn't really doesn't discern too much between not wanting to do that or do it. You've painted that image, so that's what you see and that's what you're most likely to do. It's like you know, you're stepping, stepping out over the edge of a building and somebody tells you, don't look down, right? <laughs> you know, we went bungee jumping a while back and I'm scared to death of heights and I'm standing out over the edge. And the guy says, all right, just relax and don't look down. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the worst okay. advice. You should have told me to look at the clouds or the airplane. Yeah. Because right? as soon as you, even if you don't physically look down, you're, you know how high you're up and you're seeing that image in your mind and it scares you to death. And that don't slice this ball or, you know, that, those are terrible swing thoughts, terrible swing thoughts. Cause you're painting the picture. So, yeah. All right. So that's more of the playing side. Now we've got like when Faldo was going through those swing changes, right? There was a legitimate off season in golf. There was, yeah. He could, now there's not he anymore. And no. you live in warm climate. I live in a warm climate. Most guys around us play all year long. So how do you go about, okay, let's say you've got an over-the-top swing, or let's say you, you're really early extending and you're, you're grinding on making that swing change. How do you make that swing change? Let's say you spend an hour on the range on Monday and you've got a nice match on Tuesday. How do you go about jiving the two together? I think um... – that's that's a good scenario because it happens all the time. Especially we've got in, Mike and I have a group of guys we call AMG Elite. You know we work with them every day pretty much um, online, and a lot of them are playing all the time and sending us swings every day. So it's a perfect uh, scenario. And and what I tell them is like, you know, you don't have to make a massive difference every single time you go to the range. You just got to be working in the right direction. And when you're in, when you're on the range, try to exaggerate some of the swing changes because they're going to snap back to pretty much normal when you go play golf tomorrow. But if you can exaggerate it more and when it goes back to normal, it'll be a little closer to the direction you're trying to work in. And instead of working on swing changes, think you're going to change it in a week. I mean, you got to think, I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this. This is six months to a year to make a major swing change, especially if you're trying to play golf in the meantime, it, it takes a while for it to hold up on the golf course without think without having any thought about it, especially if you've been doing it for 30 years. Well, you're, and that's the key, right? We can take people in a lesson and over the top, bad over the top golfer, whatever the fault. And you can pretty much remove that swing thought. We do it all the time. Everybody posts before and after images. Oh, right? absolutely. So you yep. can make that happen in a one hour lesson with mm -hmm. really high regularity. The golfer's mm -hmm. got any kind of athleticism at all. Mm -hmm. That's not the same, or that golfer leaves that lesson thinking, okay, that's fixed. Now I'm gonna go out, call on my buddies, I got a money game tomorrow, and I'm gonna take their money. And then they call the following day going, hey, what the heck, This t I'm still swinging over the top. <laughs> like, yep. you, you don't fix it, be... it like that. No. And, and like you said, you know, the lesson is one thing. I can stand there watching every ball in a lesson and getting right. you to do something, a certain result. As soon as you go away from me, without the video cameras running on every shot, without me telling you yes or no on every shot, you're going to tend to go back to your old pattern. So 
So that's why you need like homework and be able to go to the range and know the drills and the practice stuff that you need to be doing so you can work on it. And then gradually it starts to work into your, and, and you always say it's like you got your range swing and then your golf course swing and your tournament swing and then your right. back nine swing. It takes time for that swing to show up back nine of a golf tournament. Right, without thinking about it, right? Yeah, where you can kind of like, okay, I know the feeling I want and I right. just go hit the ball. Yeah, and and it does, and we we get the comment all the time. It's like, you know, we have someone will join, you know, like um, AMG Plus, right? They're in the they're in the private group. They're posting their swings, and they're you can tell they're frustrated. Like I've I've been a member for a week now, and I've been working on this. I'm trying to fix my takeaway, and I've been working at it hard this week, and it doesn't see any difference. <laughs> it's like it all that means is it's not good or bad. It just means you haven't done it enough yet for it to show up in your swing. Doesn't mean you're a bad golfer, doesn't mean you're not smart or you're not working hard. It just means it takes it may take you more time than me or make it take you more time than the guy down the street, but you'll know you got it when it shows up. Right? And 100%. And, and you need feedback. So if you want to really get the most out of every minute you're on the practice range, set up feedback so you know immediately. So if we're working on an inside takeaway, right? Sucking the club inside on the takeaway. Something that happens that early in the golf swing, which so many golfers have to work on or need to work on. You should have an alignment stick set up in the ground where as soon as you take the club back, you know immediately if I hit that stick, that's two inside. So I reset and readjust my field. Man, that sure felt like I wasn't going to do that, but I did it. I hit the stick anyway. Okay, you readjust that feel on the very next swing. Don't go to a range and and dump your balls out and hit for an hour and a half. And to then, waste the time. And then try to think, okay, I, I felt like I was doing that correctly. And then, It's a complete waste of and time. And then film your swing a week later and go, well, this hadn't changed a bit. It's like, if you guys are doing that, that is you are just out there exercising. We say it all the time. You're not changing anything. That's exactly right. You have to have you cannot trust your feels when you're making a swing change. That's the whole point. Your feels are leading you to do the things that you want to change. So that's really what we think is the number one reason why golfers don't improve on their own is because you have to ignore or betray your own feelings enough to actually allow yourself to make the change. How many times you've been in a lesson and you heard, man, it feels like, um, you know, we were doing a, a shifting lesson on the swing cat the other day. The guy was like, man, it feels like I'm shit. Cause he was a, he was a golfer that would actually take his hips forward at the start of the backswing, you know, kind of that reverse oh, yeah. hip pivot mm -hmm. and to have him move his pelvis correctly. He said he felt like he was moving five inches off the ball. It was gave one it, yesterday. Said it was less thing. than an inch. He would never. And he even said this, he goes, I would never in a million years stand on the range and, and do that. Force myself to feel moving five inches off the ball. Cause I would think I'm moving five inches off the ball which no golfer needs to do. So you, you don't, if you don't have that feedback in place to actually do the work correctly, one, the work's never going to transfer to the real swing because you haven't changed anything. You've just exercised a bunch. In fact, you've ingrained the bad. Making even it more. worse. Yeah. So you need that feedback. And then it's no different when you step on the driving range. You want to have that one swing thought. Okay, I'm going to work on my pivot today and that's it 
don't work on your pivot and then you hit a bad shot and then get frustrated. We see this all the time in lessons. That's what they do. We'll be working on a, maybe a grip change or something. And the guy hits a bad shot and he, you know, he slams the club down and it's like, wait a minute, what, what are we working on here? We're going to take away and you're reacting to a bad shot. The ball didn't go to the target. It's not what we're working on. So you, it winds up being, it just feeds that cycle, right? It winds up, okay, I'm just going to make my old swing because given enough balls, I can eventually get it to go where, somewhere where I want it to go. And you wind up never making a change. So allow yourself to, to go to the range like you would approach a round, right? I'm going to have this one swing thought. I'm going to be focused. I may only need 50 balls to put in a good practice session rather than emptying out that whole jumbo bag of balls. And approach practice like you approach play and when you do the work the practice swing will start to show up in the real swing and that's the goal is to not have to think your way every inch of the swing when you're out there on the golf course because that's a losing proposition yeah and this whole thing i mean the fact that every golfer has a phone this is my rant and then we're done we're, <laughs> we're over time it's like y'all have got a you guys have got a phone in your pocket Okay. There's a cheap. There's cheap uh, apps for drawing lines. Free apps and for drawing cheap lines. Cheap tripods and things that you can clip onto alignment sticks. The fact that I don't hardly see anybody doing this on the range is mind blowing to me. I mean, as many videos as we've put out or any other good golfers put out, how to draw lines, how to look at your own swing. You know, the guys that send us videos and the the swing is so over the top sinking they must never look at their swing because they would know that at least they can get it closer than what it is now and they just don't do it so guys come on you know get the app set the phone up face on and down the line draw the lines and you can start working on the range like a tour player would look work on their swing and right? if you, they got feedback yes yeah they're, they're filming their swings all the time and sending them to us yeah. right yep so if they're doing it, you guys should be doing it and setting up alignment sticks. That's a whole nother episode, but put alignment sticks down when you practice. You got an idea of where you're going. They're already pretty good and they're still doing it. I mean, there's more. I was, we were, I was with you at Pebble Beach, I think, a couple years ago. We had a couple guys out there. And I mean, Jim Furyk had so many sticks and ropes on the ground. I, I didn't know what he was doing, but they were all set up parallel to the DJ ground. DJ Singh, so right? They're he just, was working on his alignment. If you go out to a tour event on a Monday, or a Tuesday, it looks like uh, a traveling uh, training aid convention. Like they're yeah. using anything and everything because it's nonstop. It's maintenance. Yeah, but the maintenance, you're removing variables. If yep. you can set up on the range with good alignment, you can make, try to make the same swing every time. That helps. Yep, exactly right. All right, so that's, right, uh, we were a little long, but that was it. important. We're, yeah. Playing is a skill in and of itself. You have to play with the swing you have that day to shoot your best score. Learning how to practice is a skill in of itself. You have to do that. Once you do both of those, you'll start to see them converge and you'll start to shoot lower scores because of it. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I think that's good. If you guys are enjoying these, please go over to iTunes and click subscribe. Leave us a five-star and a written review. Uh, that helps more golfers find the podcast. And we're trying to help as many of you as we can. Love it. See you guys.